Hi, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager, and this is The Fireside Chat. I just thought I'd go into announcer mode for a moment, you know, because the passion hit me. That's Otto, as you probably know. Is Otto, is, is his eye open? Is he doing well? Does he want a little a rub to open the show, or will that get him a little rub? Hey, how are you doing, man? How are you doing, man? That's my boy. All righty, everybody. This is my weekly chat with you. I don't like the word chat. It's, it's not real. Do people use chat in regular talk? Let's have a chat. I don't think so. It's my weekly sharing of what I have on my mind. Then I take your questions. And it's very spontaneous. There are no notes. Sometimes I'll make a few notes to remind me of a point I want to make, but it's quite spontaneous. I want to begin this week with the police. There's a campaign we have at PragerU, uh, Back the Blue, blue being the police, of course. I want to talk to you about it because <laughs> the, the, the amount of non-clarity about police is almost impossible to explain. It's that a society would even entertain that a tiny fraction of a society other than criminals would entertain the notion of defunding police is a, an ode to how foolish people become when they're well-educated because it's overwhelmingly well-educated people uh, who are, uh, who support that idea. Uh, they who live overwhelmingly in, in pretty safe places to begin with or uh, in gated communities or have, of course, the very rich who support it and have their own protection. To believe that a society can function without police is to believe that there really is no evil. And by evil, I mean evil like murder, rape, beating, serious robberies, ganging up on people, etc. Uh, you, you have to be naive to the extent of, to an extent that is almost unfathomable. In other words, I, I hate to say this because it sounds, it's not like me to use pejorative terms, but this is literally true. You have to be a fool to believe society can function without police. And, and society, the irony is society cannot function with a lot of fools. The fool is the opposite of the wise. Wisdom is the basis of, an, of a society's ability to survive. Anyway, you have to think that somehow or other, an armed group of people stopping bad people who have arms is not necessary and it doesn't compute how will you stop people who can hurt people let's put it this way do you want to stop people from hurting people isn't that sort of the most important thing we can do in life first do no harm is the hippocratic oath it is what doctors take when they become a doctor a physician they take an oath, and the first thing is, first, do no harm. The police's job is to block harm. The first thing we need to do in society is what a doctor needs to do. 
First, do no harm. Prevent harm. Then you can do a lot of good things, but first you have to prevent harm. That's what the police are for. Are there bad policemen? The, the question, again, presumes a, a naivete on the part of a person that is mind-boggling. Of course there are bad policemen. Are there bad lawyers? Are there bad judges? Are there bad chiropractors? I don't mean bad in, in the sense of not effective. I mean bad as morally bad. Are there morally bad members of every profession on earth? Then, of course, there will be some morally bad policemen. What does that have to do anything? Do morally bad lawyers mean we defund law? Do, do morally bad physicians mean we defund medicine? I mean, uh, it's, it, there is no difference between defunding anything else and defunding the police. That's why, by the way, just right before, or, or a day ago, so right, right before I came onto this uh, fireside chat, the, uh, the head of the borough, the president of the borough of Brooklyn, New York City is composed of five boroughs, Manhattan, Bronx, Queens, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. I'm smiling at Megan, who couldn't name one, which is unbelievable. She could, but she doesn't realize it. Anyway, now that you heard them, right, exactly, but I come from New York, and I, I lived in three of the five boroughs in the, till, until I was 25, and I fled, I mean, uh, left uh, New York City, and <laughs> that's the verb I've been using for quite some time. The most populous borough, I believe, is Brooklyn. It might be Queens, but anyway, it's very populous. Brooklyn, I think it's the most populous. The borough president is a black man, and he said, we need... These guys who are undercover cops who have been disbanded uh, by the left in New York, uh, Mayor de Blasio, and we need them. We need them back because, as he put it, bad guys know that if they don't see a policeman, they can do anything they want. They can murder, they can rob, they can torture, they can rape, they can do whatever they want because there is no undercover police. They've defunded the undercover policemen. And by the way, two of the candidates for, for mayor in New York City, also black, have said, we need these guys back. I knew it would be a matter of time till uh, the, this leftist notion of defund the police would be regarded as purely an increase in evil. That's all it is. Defund police equals increase in human evil. But it, it shows you the, that as all leftism, it's all emotional. It is not thought through. God or nature gave the human, unlike the, the animal works on passion, on feeling. The human is supposed to work on reason and values. The, the notion of defund police is, is irrational in the extreme, and innocent people, other than the ones making these demands, are the ones who get hurt. Secondly, let me tell you another thing about it. Uh, you may have seen uh, pictures or, or videos of, of a policeman, again, in New York City, beaten up by, by a, a group of uh, black uh, citizens. And the, the, the problem with that is not just that a policeman or anyone got beaten up. It's that there was no fear 
of beating up a policeman. If there is no fear of the police in society, your society is not in good shape. There should be fear, a healthy fear, of, of a lot of groups. There should be a healthy fear of the police. There should be a healthy fear of one's parents. I asked on my radio show once, why, if you didn't take drugs when you were in, in high school, why didn't you? I love asking these questions because I don't know what the people's answers will be. So I learn a lot from my listeners. I've learned a tremendous amount over the course of these decades from listeners of all backgrounds. And you know what the most common answer to the question, why didn't you take drugs in high school? I didn't expect this. The most common answer was, because my mother would kill me. That's good. If there's no healthy fear of either parent, then that child will probably not grow up to be a very decent human being. A healthy fear of the police, you should have a healthy fear of your teacher. But there's no more fear of teachers. I could tell you the date it ended in America, 1962, when the Supreme Court said you could not say a prayer for your teacher. That's what it was. The prayer that was knocked out in school, the prayer in school that was knocked out by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1962 was a prayer that God bless our teachers. That's something? We went from blessing our teachers to cursing our teachers in one generation. That's all it takes. Uh, I, f I feared my teachers when I, I was at uh, religious school until I was 18. Half the day religious studies in Hebrew and half the day secular studies in English. So it's very rigorous education. And uh, I, I was a somewhat of a troublemaker. I mean, it was benign trouble. I, I, I joked a lot. I played practical jokes on other kids in the class. And I talked to my friends during class because I was usually quite bored. So one day, uh, the rabbi in the, in the religious studies class got very annoyed with me. It was in eighth grade, picked me up and threw me over a desk. So whenever I tell this to uh, young people, they go, oh my God, what did your parents say? And then my eyes light up. What did my parents say? You think I would have told my parents that the rabbi threw me over a desk? My father would have thrown me over a desk if he heard the rabbi threw me over a desk. <laughs> you got to be kidding. I would have never told my parents because the assumption was the teacher was right. You probably deserved it. I had a healthy fear of my parents. I had a healthy fear of my teachers. I had a healthy fear of police. That's good stuff. I have a healthy fear of God. Authority is, is, the, is the moral basis of society. I mean, obviously, moral authority, good authority. But I'm not talking about authoritarians. I'm talking about a moral authority. We have confused, the left has confused authority and authoritarian. But they do that to everything that's noble, so it's not, I'm not shocked. The idea that people should have some fear of the police. I had very little interaction with police as a kid. There would be no reason I would have. But I remember once it was I didn't have, for whatever reason, I didn't have enough money to get back home 
I was, a, I was, I was probably 14 years old, maybe 13. I was in Manhattan and I had to get back home to Brooklyn by via the New York subway. For whatever reason, I had no money on me. At that point, it was 15 cents to get on the subway. And my parents had said to me, if you're ever in trouble, go to a policeman. So I approached the policeman, asked him for 15 cents. But I do remember cringing at the thought of, whoa, I'm going to approach a policeman? That is the sense of, whoa, they've got a thought. That, that's a big deal when you're 14 to go over to a policeman. Now, policemen are routinely cursed and spat at. And that's, that's not good for anybody, for anybody. I went on a drive along uh, with the Los Angeles Police Department a couple of years ago. It's on, it's on YouTube. And uh, I saw the love, love in a, a black uh, community, the love. There were black kids who, who ran over to hug the police. You don't see this in the media. I saw it. Because they, a lot of these police use their own money to, to, to buy some of these kids in the inner city things that they, they may not have. And to take, sort of take care of them because a lot of these kids don't have a father in their life. So the policeman serves as a sort of father figure. How, how often have you heard that? Is there police brutality? Yes, there is. By the way, there is immoral police brutality and moral police brutality just as there's moral violence and immoral violence. Is that not obvious? There is moral violence? Or, or has your graduate degree really morally confused you? Moral violence? Was it not moral violence to, uh, to fight uh, Hitler's Germany? Is that, was that not moral? There's a lot of violence. It is moral violence to uh, shoot a, a person who is uh, shooting the innocent. That's moral violence. So uh, sometimes the police who are involved every day with the possibility at least of meeting people who wish to murder them or murder others, on occasion they will be too brutal. It is very hard to perfectly synchronize the, the work of a policeman you will go this far, but you will not go further than that. It, it's very hard. You try it. In fact, I, I wish you did try it. All these people who uh, graduate uh, from uh, prestigious colleges and then crap on the police, why don't any of them become policemen? They would grab you. That would be great. Somebody has to do the job. Why don't you? For a few years at least. If you, really, if you really are concerned with the police not being on the moral level you want, there should be a massive encouragement of people on the left who loathe the police to become policemen. They won't engage in self-loathing. And there you have a, an almost instantaneous solution. All, all these wonderful people with college degrees, I mean, a lot of cops have college degrees, uh, in any event, but you know what I'm referring to, will be, would become police. It is a very difficult job. It's, it is the hardest job to, to protect people against people who want to hurt them. That's what the police do.
Every society needs them. Every society in history has needed them. The difference between police and no police is the difference between order and chaos. And chaos leads to innocent people being hurt. That's why we have Back the Blue at PragerU. Okay, let's go to your questions. And the first is a video question, as always. Never works. Do you know what is never, almost never worked? Try number two. Try number three. Ah, uh, aha. Uh -huh. There we go. All right. Hi, my name is Joshua. I'm 20 years old. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a member of Prager Force. I'm just wondering, how do we help bridge this political divide? Well, I got to tell you something, Joshua. It's, it's sad, the question. It's, it's not bridgeable. The left-right divide, the conservative-liberal divide is bridgeable. The left-right divide is not bridgeable. The conservative-left divide, even the liberal-left divide is not bridgeable. But liberals are not willing to acknowledge this, tragically. What is there to bridge? I mean, if... How do you bridge the divide between those who believe America is racist and those who believe the truth, that it's the least racist, multi-ethnic, multi-racial country that ever existed? How do you bridge the divide between those who see the flag and think it represents a lot of good and those who see the flag of the United States and think it represents evil? How, how do you bridge these divides? You name the issue. Tell me how possibly we could bridge the divide. Take an issue that is less in the news. Those who believe in capital punishment for some murderers and those who believe every murderer should be allowed to live. How do you bridge that divide? There's no bridging a divide between those who believe in capital punishment and those who don't. There, there are just things that are just so, such a different way of looking at life. Those who believe in colorblind and those who believe that colorblind is racist. Those who believe that there's only one race, the human race, and those who believe race is really important. I believe race is trivial. I want it to be trivial. I bank my, my belief system on the triviality of race. The left believes it's really significant that if you say race is trivial, you're called a racist. As opposed to what I was raised as a liberal to believe. If you think race is important, you're a racist. That's, that's the irony. So, Joshua, uh, it's, not, it's not really bridgeable. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to have good relations with relatives who are on the other side. You should. I mean, family is family, and I believe in that. So you should try to have good relations. But that's not bridging the divide. That's just having good relations with your cousins and your, in some cases, parents, siblings, children. What's, uh, what's Otto doing? Is he all right? Yeah, he's a little excited. He's a little, got him, got him worked up. Hunter, 21 years old in Arizona. Hello, thank you for sharing your wisdom and helping so many people around the world. I enter the police academy soon, and my question is, 
What would be your advice to someone entering the law enforcement profession? Thanks again. Well, off the top of my head, I want you to understand how many people know how important this work is, even though the media, which is a morally bankrupt profession at this time, unfortunately, uh, will not acknowledge this. You need, you need a support system, ideally in a spouse and family and friends, ideally something larger than that, which is why we have the Back the Blue campaign. But you need to know uh, how many of us appreciate you, even though on a daily basis you will just receive contempt from the New York Times, Washington Post, etc. Do not believe they represent the majority of Americans. The latest poll showed tw 25% of, the, uh, of those polled had a negative view of police. 25%. Shocking, isn't it? And includes people of all color. All colors. And I'll bet they all went to college. David, 20 years old, Slovenia. I was in Slovenia, enjoyed your country very much. And Melania Trump, our first lady, is from Slovenia. I enjoy her very much. She is a great first lady. If this woman with this regal bearing, this sophistication, this intelligence, how many languages does she speak, just as an example? Her, her poise and her beauty, if, this, if she were a Democrat, she would be on the cover of every magazine regularly. Not one put her on a cover. The left controls the Vogue. <laughs> Forget Time and the New York Times. Vogue, even. And, and what, are, what are the other women's fashion magazines? Vogue and, you know, any others? I think that's the most famous, I think. All right. Anyway, just a word on Slovenia. Hi, Dennis. I have a question about morality. How do I convince someone that murder is an immoral thing? This is what we've come to, by the way, which is inevitable. That's why I have a, I have a video out uh, at PragerU. If, there, if God doesn't say murder is wrong, how do you know what is wrong? And all these atheists and all these anti-religious people commented on how stupid it is. You don't need a God to say that murder is wrong. But here you are. Look at this. Now, listen to the rest of this question. Example, I have a friend, an atheist, 20 years old, who thinks communism is a good idea. Your friend is truly uh, ignorant of history. There is no difference in saying communism is a good idea from saying Nazism is a good idea, given the number of people that it, it, it murdered. Communism alone murdered 100 million people, talking uh, civilians, not wartime, civilians, between China and uh, and the Soviet Union, and of course the the uh, uh, in Vietnam. I'm not talking about the Vietnam War. Just the people that Ho Chi Minh killed, the communist regime there. The communist regime in, killed in in Cambodia almost a third of Cambodians. How many of, of your generation know that in Slovenia or in America? Thinks it's a good idea. I told him if he wants to be a communist leader, he has to take people's rights and freedoms away. And everyone who does not obey, he has to kill. So he just said, then I'll kill people that are in my way. It's for the better of society. Unquote. That's what communists believed. That's correct. We can kill people because that, that is what the left has often believed. We can destroy people, either physically or their name 
or their livelihood because we have such noble intentions? Is there any hope? And give the producer a rub. He is not the producer. He doesn't have an official title. My bud. He's my bud. But he's not the producer. Megan, I'll give, I'll give, I'll, I'll, is that right? I don't think he meant give Megan a rub. But I'll, I'll get you an appointment if you'd like a massage therapy. Except you can't go now. But uh, that's very funny. Uh, let's see. Is, is there any hope? There's hope, but uh, we're in trouble. That's why you need the Ten Commandments. God said, do not murder. That's right. Without that, got a lot of problems. God said, do not steal. All the people who looted in the riots did not believe that. They thought they could steal. This, this notion, we're so sophisticated. What do we need a Ten Commandments for? We don't need a God to tell us what to do. Really? You, you see what is happening in the West? You have a friend like that in Slovenia? Well, of course I would, I would kill. It's for the greater good. The greater good of what? Taking people's liberty away. I don't see a solution without a return to the Ten Commandments. I, I frankly don't. That, that is why it's what I advocate. You should watch the videos I have on the Ten Commandments. Or, or even better is to read my commentary on the book of Exodus, the Rational Bible. And I, I, I devote a lot of time explaining these commandments. Like honor your father and mother. That is central to a decent society. The first thing dictatorships do is sever the authority of parents. So beware of that. Jamie, 21, Derry, Northern Ireland. I was there too. Good to hear from you, Derry. Hi, Dennis. I have a question based on relationships. There was a girl who I really like, and I want to tell her how I feel. However, I fear it may destroy our friendship if she does not feel the same. What would be your advice? Say hello to Otto. Hello, Otto. I hope despite not living in America, this question can be answered. Yeah, it has nothing to do with living in America. This is a dilemma that a lot of guys have had, but I would suggest the following, at least for clarity's sake. Uh, if you tell her that you run the risk of, of obviously being rejected, and uh, then f- for, I think, just the sake of your own dignity, you just have to say goodbye. Um, on the other hand, uh, you, you have w- another alternative. Not to say it, but to, over time, win her heart. That you would not be the first guy who went from Non, non interested in him to interested in him because he turned out to be such a wonderful person that she just said, whoa, he's a good guy. I might be interested in him. So that's, that, that's I think that's probably, if, you're, if you really are a winner in whatever way you define that, then let her discover that on her own. Uh, if you're still uh, playing this game, and I don't mean that cynically, or if you're still doing this, if that's better than playing this game, three years from now, it might be time for you to not waste your time with something that won't work. But you could give it another year, if you will, where she simply goes, you know, he's really enjoyable, or he's really deep. By the way, that's assuming she's deep. <laughs> it, it, Deep women like deep men. Shallow women like shallow men. 
that's see god made it very easy for people to find someone <laughs> the unimpressive of both sexes can fall in love the, the, the killer is when the impressive falls in love with an, unimpre- with an unimpressive, which has happened on more than one occasion. But that's what, if I were in your uh, shoes, that's probably what I would do, is make her aware of how terrific I am over time, and then assume that there was a possibility. But past that time, uh, I would move on to more fertile fields. So my producer, who was owed a rub uh, as a woman, do you find that to be a, a logical answer? That was a great answer. That was a great answer. Yeah. Better than logical. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, that, so many women have fallen for men, you know, like at work, where you know, they, didn't, they didn't think of him at all in, in, in a romantic way. And then over time, they go, he's impressive. Janae, 17, West Newton, Pennsylvania. What's my timing, by the way? 29. One more question. One more question time. Do I have a built-in clock or what? It's eerie, isn't it? Perfect. 29. Hello, Mr. Prager. I was wondering if you could give me your opinion on if it is ever morally right to lie or deceive. I know the Bible says all liars go to hell, but then I think of situations with people like Corey Ten Boom. Thank you. Corey Ten Boom is a was a Christian who saved Jews by lying to the Nazis, obviously, in, in, in hiding them. Where does it say all liars go to hell? Is that a New Testament phrase? Because it's certainly not in the Old Testament. I, I know the New Testament, but not nearly as well as the Old Testament. So uh, uh, I, would, uh, I would just tell you that the notion that you should never lie under any circumstance because that's what God wants, makes God look like a morally foolish being. Let me ask you something. Let's say a man with a knife was chasing a woman. The woman knocks on your door and you open up and she says, this this rapist, this guy raped me and now he wants to stab me to death or stab me. Please hide me. And you, you hide her. Then the rapist comes to your door and said, do you know where that woman is who, who I was running after? Are you supposed to say, oh, of course, she's, she's uh, in the upstairs bedroom. That's right. Then you're not lying, correct? I've never understood this notion that it is never right to lie. It's like it's never right to kill. That's stupid. It's always wrong to murder. That's why the commandment is do not murder, not do not kill but not always. Did you find anything on all liars go to hell? All right, so sure enough, Megan looked it up, and yes, indeed, in, in the book of Revelation, the New Testament, it mentions a, a number of groups of people who will, uh, as it were, burn. Uh, in other words, there will be a punishment for them in the afterlife. And it says all liars. But clearly, you have to assume that common sense prevails in, in reading a, the Bible. And the common sense here is this. Is a liar one who tells a lie ever? If so, everybody will burn because everyone has told a lie. But telling a lie doesn't make you a liar. A liar is a habitual liar. Someone who repeatedly says it. Not someone who saves the life 
of the innocent in order to lie to a, a would-be murderer. So I hope that's clear. Moral clarity is everything. That's what we aim for here. Certainly what I aim for. By the way, I just want to remind you that if you want to understand the left and America, please read my book, Still the Best Hope. That's the best explanation of both in one book that I know of. I'm not comfortable mentioning a book because it sounds like an ad, but hey, I write the book so that people will read them. (laughs) Okay, everybody. It's been wonderful to be with you on behalf of Otto and my producer who deserves a rub. I'm Dennis Prager. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.